Sports Marketing Huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me on today's episode is Gil Naveau, Grand Brand Master at Superbrand. Gil, great to have you back on the show. Oh, good to be back, man. Thanks for having me. So the reason I wanted to have you on is we were jamming a few weeks ago about Superbrand, and I was very inspired on why you did it, um, what you're working on, and sort of your mission for the type of people and companies that you want to work with. So I wanted to unpack it a little bit more and to help frame this, uh, you were previously on other episodes probably a year or two ago where you were my branding coach and really helped me through the transition of uh, building bacon sports from a clarity standpoint into one concise vision. Um, If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend checking out those past episodes of the sports marketing huddle, but nonetheless, can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? Well, I should just jump into into my story because I think that's kind of the best way to intro me since I've done so many things. But let's do it. You know, the the real simple story is, you know, I got my start as an animator on the show South Park, where I worked for almost 10 years doing, you know, a million episodes. And after that, I took those skills that I learned at South Park and I went into advertising and I worked around uh, advertising agencies for a while. And started my own company called Nice Studios that was a production company. And we did all kinds of branded content for brands like Vitamin Water and Ben & Jerry's and all kinds of stuff. The thing is that even though I was working for big brands and doing, you know, these big campaigns, um, getting my own company off the ground was a whole new thing. Like it's very different to market and brand, you know, a small service company versus, you know, a big company like Vitamin Water that has so much money, they can go through so many ideas, they can go through some wrong ideas and just, you know, spend a lot of money and put a lot of ads and see what works. When you're a small company, you don't have that. And about two years into, you know, getting that company together, we were really floundering, we weren't making that much money. And we hired a consultant to come in and help us do our own branding. And I like jumped into it. I just loved the process. And the next year, we literally doubled our revenue. And then the year after that, we doubled our revenue again. So literally, as a result of this consultant coming in, we doubled our revenue twice in two years. So I was amazed. I was like completely sold on you know this small business marketing that I just learned. And then, you know, Fast forward a few years later, and I'm still in love with all of that stuff. And I come up with this idea that helps get, you know, all this big agency branding that I've done for big companies and combined it with small business marketing to create this product offering called Super Brand, which is basically a process for branding small companies and getting that same kind of, you know, growth that. I created for nice studios for small businesses. I love it. And it, and it makes complete sense, but take me to your maturation to get to this point, because it took several iterations to get to super brand and the feel of it. And as a creative and as a marketer, there's something about feel both with when you visually see something or you hear something or when you're connecting with someone emotionally. And I even think about yesterday for me, one of the things that I work on daily is 
I am creative and I want to be more creative. So I affirmed that to myself, but then I wasn't feeling creative and I wanted to feel creative. And, and finally I got to the point where I was able to do so, but that's where feel comes into all of this. So talk a little bit more about that on your end. Well, look, I mean, people make emotional decisions. And I think if you're an intuitive entrepreneur, you know, you sense and you realize that sometimes it's not about the technical things that you do, but it's about the emotion that you create and drum up that leads not only to your best work, but also to attracting clients and also, you know, creating an amazing business. You know, you see a lot of people who don't know anything about marketing and strategy do really well because they know how to tap into human emotion and feel. So, you know, people make emotional decisions first, then justify them with logic. So my whole sort of ethos or message with super brand is how do we tap into feel? How do we tap into emotion? How do we tap into our own creativity to create a brand that speaks to people on an emotional level? I, I love that very much. And it's something that I don't think is the default mindset for most people and companies, which is why I see so much value in it. Because when we worked together, it was, it was a highly emotional experience for myself because I'm all in, in my dreams and making them happen in this vision of the world. And you said, how do you tap into feel and emotion and creativity? And sometimes you want something so bad that those things can be absent at times. Well, I think as a, as a business owner and entrepreneur, you know, we get into the weeds of what we do, right? We're so involved in either, you know, creating value for our clients or building our business or taking care of taxes and the, you know, the 1099s, which, you know, happened a month ago and, you know, all of this stuff. And we kind of forget that at the core, we need to make people feel something. And I think great branders understand that there's just nothing that beats creating, you know, creating a feeling for people. And that means stepping back from the weeds of your business and really putting yourself in the shoes of your customers or your audience or your fans and saying, okay, how are they perceiving what I'm doing right now? Like, you know, most entrepreneurs are running around trying to manage the little details of their business. And if that's what you're showing people, that's what they're seeing and they can't connect, they can't relate. You have to speak to them in a way that actually triggers their emotion and their vision and their creativity and their sort of uh, uh, vision for the future and their sense of infinite possibilities. And when you can do that, then you start to, then they start to listen to you because now you're providing sort of the emotional value that people really need to do all the shit that you have to do in this world to you know, make it happen. And that's what excites me so much about what you're doing in the brand marketing world. Cause I completely agree with you. So much of marketing has evolved now with every being, everything being so commoditized, you can buy anything anywhere from anywhere, whenever you want. So now just to say, Oh, we've got the best widgets. Like, no, not really. You can get it anywhere. And someone's going to come in with a lower price. So now you have to say, all right, what can I do to get people to look forward to hearing back from me again? And the conversation is changing from buy what I'm selling to I'm including you. And now I've got a mix of things that I talk about so that I have a totality of the brand and we're not just one note. Yeah. Well, you know, people, um, like businesses and brands in the same way that they like people, right? They want personality. 
They want identity. They want you to say something interesting. You know, you're not going to hang around with somebody who just talks technical mumbo jumbo all day, right? You're going to hang out with somebody who, you know, expands your horizons, who teaches you something, who is confident, who, you know, gets you into the cool bars, you know, whatever it is, right? Like you, you go for personality, not for somebody's, you know, not necessarily for somebody's um, technical qualifications. And so we like brands and businesses in exactly the same way. So, you know, I have four kind of, there are four ways that I encapsulate sort of what a great brand does. One of them, and you kind of mentioned this, you know, so many things are being commoditized, you know, whether you're a coaching service or whether even like a shoe designer, or, you know, every product out there is now being commoditized because so many people have access to marketing and manufacturing and outsourcing. So what one of the things that I urge people to do is to want become a category of one. So you do that through branding. And when I say become a category of one, I mean, create a product and service where the combination of, and the totality of the experience is so unique that nobody can really compete with you, that you've gone beyond just your product or your service. You're actually creating an experience for people. So that's becoming a category one and anybody can do that. You can do it as a lawyer. You can do it as a musician. You can do it as a podcaster. You could do it as a marketer, right? You can do something different. Um, the other thing I always say is inspire emotion, which we talked about. Um, another one is message with purpose. And this is really important. This is kind of that idea that whatever you do, you're sending a message. You have a brand, whether you work on it or not. People are looking at everything that you do and they're coming up with emotions and feelings. So what you do. And so branding is all about actually curating that experience so that people aren't willy nilly seeing you and having this experience that you're not actually in control of. So branding is about taking control of that experience and showing people, you know, why they should like you, why they should care about what you do. And the last thing is about making memories and creating an experience. You know, you do that through product and service. You do that through the colors and the language and the design, right? All of those things create an experience for people. And so by taking care of all that, you create an unforgettable experience. So when you, you know, create that, that all those things, when you work with all those things, that's when you have, you know, an amazing brand. And I think it's important to make a distinction that this is not just your social media marketing. It is every single touch point that you have. And I'm someone that likes to always preach Everything you do is a reflection of your brand, every single touch point. And for me, this actually came from something simple having an amazing business card. Most people will tell you that business cards are outdated. No one uses them. Everybody throws them away. Yeah. If you're suck. And for me, when I roll up with someone, I've got a certain way that I do things. And then when I roll out with the business card that I have, it is so different and so unique. It's to the point where someone almost says, I don't want to throw this away. And for me, the reason I do this is because everything's a reflection of your brand. If I'm selling creativity and branding and messaging and emotion, you seeing this is the second touch point, touch point one, Rob, touch point two, holy smokes, this is something that you just did. I don't care if they throw it away or do whatever. I just wanted that second positive brand interaction. Yeah, well, how you do anything is how you do everything, you know, and at least that's the perception. So, you know, if you have a junky business card or a junky website, then 
how could people expect you to deliver great service? You know, it's tough. You have to see through that. Um, so yeah. And then, and then, you know, yeah, managing all those touch points is really one of the most important things you can do in creating that experience with everything. There's so many opportunities. There's so many opportunity with these touch points, with these places where you interact with people to create something memorable that, you know, if you don't do it, you're not doing yourself a, a service for sure. So let's talk about creating something memorable because I believe the majority of everything that's out there is non-memorable. It's noise. And one of the things that I think everyone fights against is the constant stream of noise and things that are being thrown at our attention, which is both um, a challenge and an opportunity. I think it's an opportunity because when I see the crap that's being thrown out there and it's the same stuff over and over and over again, I'm like, boom, I'm going to differentiate. This is a piece of cake. At the same time, there's just this constant flow of news, media, social media, marketing. There's, there's very few times to be silent or where something's not getting your attention. And, and that's actually where I've really worked on my own internal practices of stillness and silence and being in my own flow because the rest of the world is trying to get me out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, sticking to your guns and, you know, expressing yourself creatively is, has always been difficult. You know, there's so much pressure, I think from so many places to kind of do the same and follow the formula. But in reality, you know, the things that we remember, the things that stick out, the things that, you know, last and that leave a legacy are, you know, the think different people, right? Like that can that old uh, Apple campaign, the think different campaign, which was so brilliant because it just, it really nailed what Apple at the time was trying to do. And it really nails society. Like we don't remember, you know, you can make a lot of money or get a bunch of customers in the short run. But if you want something that people remember, if you want to build something that actually has a real impact on people, you have to be different. You have to be unique. You have to create something new. So this can become a challenge for a lot of people. How do you intentionally think different or be different knowing that a lot of people are risk averse. A lot of people are comfortable. And this could be people or companies. The default is comfortable. The default is risk aversion. And this is what, I'll, once again, what I love about all of this is the opportunity to think different, to be different, to leave a legacy, and to find those people and brands who want that to either create that now for themselves or need sort of the roadmap and want this elevated. Well, if you're risk averse, then the way to do anything is to do it iteratively. So look, if you're not risk averse and you're an out there personality and you're just ready to go for it, then that's awesome. And you should. And, and I think, you know, the, the sooner you get to being unique and, and identifiable, the better. But if you are risk averse and a lot of people are in markets that are risk averse. Like for example, um, I worked with a client in education. Education is one of the most, you know, risk averse places. Like everybody is, you know, really trying to get to scrape by because money is so limited. And, you know, if you go against the norm, like a whole industry can sort of come at you and, and deny you. So 
the way to do that is by making, you know, small iterative steps um, to building a brand. And, and the thing is that, you know, brand, you know, people think of branding as something that, oh, you go to an agency or you go to a branding company and they brand you. And now you're branded and then you're done. And that's just not the case because branding is an experience. As long as your business is in service is functioning, then you are building your brand because at every touch point, you have a new opportunity to do something a little bit different. So the idea is to start working on things little bit by bit. You can start by changing, you know, the three sort of things that I work on with people is number one, their language. So, you know, how are you using language? How are you speaking to people? What words are you using? What identifies you, right? What accent are you using? What tone of voice? How are you speaking to people? Are you gentle and kind? Are you, you know, aggressive and bold, right? People like these different things depending on, you know, what they're buying. Um, your identity, which is the colors and the design and, you know, your sense of aesthetic. People love beautiful things. And then some people love things that are, you know, ugly on purpose, right? But those are, that's a point of view that you're taking. And then the customer experience, that's the last piece of this sort of, you know, how do, how do you craft the brand um, puzzle, which is really your positioning in the market and your unique process, right? The, the thing about your product that makes you unique. So you can do little things. You can, you know, change a little bit of copy, change a message, change a tagline to start. You can change some colors, you know, go on your website and start looking at the colors and going like, are these inspiring? Do these represent the emotion? You know, if you're using all black and white, but you want, you know, you feel like your company needs a little bit more happiness or color or, or color, then, you know, start adding color to the website, right? Or if your colors are muted and you feel like, like it's not creating a, like a, a spark, then, you know, start using some primary colors, right? All of these things start to create the experience of, of a brand and you can do it just little bit by bit. There's two words that I wrote down regarding this and it's ownership and intentional. And you need to one, take ownership of this and two, be intentional about each one of these things because so often, and I think about uh, probably or definitely the fa my favorite thing that you ever taught me was live by design, not by default. It is a game changer for my own life, but then so many others that are, experiencing me on a regular basis because when I'm talking with friends, I see it the way that you can design your life, design your brand is just a game changer because so much of the world goes on default. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you stand out just by doing that. Right. And, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that, uh, Sorry, I lost my I lost my train of thought. I'm thinking of you out in the world going around and like, you know, doing all the stuff you're doing and doing it in such a in such a unique way. I was going to say I was going to talk about branding, but then all I could think about was you doing your thing. And, you know, I, I so appreciate how you approach things. Right. Like your approach is so unique um, and you're really out there, you know, doing your own thing. And I think a lot of people. A lot of people can learn from that just by seeing, by seeing you doing that, you know? So I think what you're doing is, is amazing. The way you're building your brand, the way you're really paying attention to the message that you're putting out there. You know, it's such a beautiful thing when you start to do something that's a little bit different, that may be, you know, true to you. 
and you actually start to sort of step into your quote unquote, your truth, right? The truth of who you are, the truth of what you want to bring to the world, and then seeing the world respond. You know, an example was when I, when I, when we worked together, I believe I was maybe calling it brand school. Um, and, you know, brand school was true, but as I worked on it for about a year, I realized that, you know, people were not responding to it in the way that I wanted them to like people didn't want to like you're an amazing learner right so you're you're all about learning new things but a lot of people just wanted me to tell them to give them the answer and just be like can you please give me the answer like I don't really want to learn branding and so that's when I decided to change you know brand school to super brand and the response was so immediate and so like I literally, you know, really launched uh, about a month ago and right away, all these people that were maybe hesitant to work with me before or were like, well, we don't know about the idea of brand school. Suddenly we're like, yes, we love this idea. We love this concept. So when you're ready to and besides that, you know, brand school had this very soft kind of corporate feel to it and super brand, you know, I. I did what I love, which is bright colors. I went primary, you know, bright yellow, bright blue. If you go to the website, uh, superbrand.la, um, you can see it's like, it's alive. It, it has, you know, it vibrates. And that's the kind of energy that I want to bring to people. So, you know, it takes exploration, but when your branding or your message starts to hit, it's so obvious that it's hitting it. Feel, you can feel that energy coming back at you. And I'm sure you feel that way too, with all the stuff you're doing. You, you nailed it. And I think to actually a pre-conversation that we had before we even started working together. And I can actually picture exactly where I was and we had the conversation and, and I'm paraphrasing, you essentially gave me permission to do what I love it was one of those things that oftentimes in entrepreneurship, when you're starting and when you're figuring it out, you're doing a lot of things that you may not love. I might not be in flow. And at the time I was doing just a ton of business development and relationship building. And I was further away from what I actually loved and why I started in the first place from the place of creativity and emotion and for what I was great at. And you gave me the permission to do what I love and it was just so emotional for me because no one had ever really said that to me or given me permission to allow myself. And it's why self-love is such a large part of my journey right now, because I actually have to defend against the bitch voice and the natural way that business and life goes of everything's not always wonderful, but how do you keep that love going? And when you can come at things from a place of love that it just blossoms, it's like the world goes from black and white to color. And I could feel that my heart, my heart became warm and I was where I was supposed to be. I was in flow and I was in pocket. And it's something that I wish I could give to every single person in brand where you feel, whether it's your personal brand or a company brand where you're like, this is us. I love this. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you know, it's an iterative process, just like, you know, I consider myself a pretty darn good brander, but when I first started brand school, it wasn't quite right because it's not just about me doing what I love. It's also about communicating with a market and an audience that does exist and has their own sort of things that they need to accomplish. So 
how do you find that bridge right between who you are and what you love and with what the market wants and what people actually need and that's some, sometimes the difference between say art and commerce you know art is kind of sometimes you know what defines what separates art from design is functionality right the lack of functionality so art you know its function yes it has a function in society but it doesn't have a function you know, for the everyday, you know, to get you through your day. It doesn't fix your plumbing. It doesn't make you coffee. You know what I mean? It doesn't, um, you know, cut, you know, 10 minutes off your commute, right? It doesn't do these very practical things. Design and branding for business is about merging that sort of authentic voice that you have, because that's what people need to connect with, with, you know, something functional, uh, something that will actually help people in their day to day, something that will, you know, attract customers, bring you business and help, you know, a service business or a product business help their customers. So one thing that you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier was about the way that I learn. And I want to share some behind the scenes as we are having this podcast right now. I have taken more than a page and a half full of notes on this. So even though you and I are having this podcast right here, I'm just like typing gold left and right. And here's the thing. All of this is 100% applicable because if someone were to say, I am only going to use what we've talked about in this podcast to make my brand better. Holy smokes, Batman. Like this is such game changing stuff for someone who's not doing it. It's almost like you don't know the questions to ask. So you don't know what the answers are. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's really what Superbrand is about. It's about taking this really complicated thing that uh, took me years and years to learn and understand and then like backwards re-engineer and understand, okay, what are we actually doing? Right. Um, and I think what I've done is actually made it really simple to understand. You know, and, and I think that's the key. And and that is the key to people who may be adverse to doing branding, to stepping out of their shell, is that they understand why they're doing it and how it doesn't have to be complicated. It can go step by step and it can do bit by bit. And that through just simple things like reframing who they are and what they do in the market, they can attract a whole new set of audience. So for example, you know, going back to this education company that I worked with, you know, they were in this field where everybody's, everybody's a consultant and everybody is trying to get, you know, whatever little bit of money that the education has uh, system has, you know, to teach them. And, and what I learned through having a few simple conversations with them is that they were actually the leaders in their field. But when I looked at their branding, they were like, you know, at about the same level as everybody else. And it just felt like they were just another consultant in the sea of people doing the same thing. So I just asked them, I said, well, what's stopping you from claiming leadership and saying, hey, we are the leaders in this field because they were, they actually were. So they thought about it for a second. They're like, well, we never thought of that. We were scared of, you know, being bold. And I'm like, well, here's your opportunity. All you have to say is put on your website, you know, we're the leaders in the field and then explain why and take all of these big clients that you've worked with. They've worked with Google and, you know, this education thing and the federal government and like everybody. Right. And I'm like, 
Let's put that front and center. And through that work, you know, worked with them for a month. We changed some of those base, basic things, build them a new website. And suddenly like they emerge as leaders. And not only is that good for customers coming in, but it also helped their confidence in talking to clients. So now they're reaching out to new people. Now they're writing blog posts. Their whole like marketing thing has changed because now they see themselves as the leaders that they were. So that's branding, you know, that's communication and nothing changed in their business. The only thing that changed was, you know, a little bit of positioning, a little bit of language, a little bit of, you know, website, web design and copy on their site and they're good to go. And, and a whole new company arises out of it. Yeah. The what's stopping you from claiming leadership. That is something that I preach on a regular basis on the podcasting side of things. So often people have so much value and knowledge, but it's all in their head or only a select few group of people know about it. When you look and say, well, what are the tools that are out there for me to share thought leadership and build more relationships and get our brand out there? And then you said we were scared of being bold and you can replace the being bold with insert anything we were scared of starting a podcast or doing video or doing live streaming or being bold. And you're like, well, where is the fear really coming from? And I really believe the fear is coming from uncertainty. They don't know the process. And when you don't know the steps to follow uncertainty leads to inaction. So you're not able to build momentum when you don't know what you're doing. And that's why people work with you and I is because sometimes you just need a little guidance and some steps to follow and they don't have to be difficult. You just have to ask the right questions and go from one to the other, to the other, to allow all of this to blossom. Well, you definitely need a team. Look, as a business owner, you know, it's hard to rise above the weeds and see the big picture. Um, also branding is a creative process. And if you're a consultant or if you're, um, you know, a coach, or if you're a creative, or if you're a production company, or, you know, it's hard to see yourself as a brand, because you're busy working on, on the things that you're, you're pro at. So, you know, to do branding properly, you need a team. But moreover, you know, this kind of creativity works really well, when there's collaboration. And when I rebranded uh, brand school, to uh, super brand, I didn't do it by myself. I did it with, excuse me, my partner, Olivia, and I recruited her and I said, look, we're gonna go through my process and I need you as sort of the counterbalance to start to work with me on this. And she's not, you know, she's, her expertise is in biz dev and sales, not branding, but it doesn't matter. Like you need somebody to collaborate with you to kind of throw ideas off of so that the ideas percolate and you can hear somebody else sort of echoing that idea to you. So then you can see what that sounds like from somebody else. So it's kind of like um, real world testing. So in reality, to do branding properly, you need a team and preferably, you know, a team of people who actually has done it before, have a process to do it so they could do it quickly because it's so easy to get caught up in this process, you know, one of the one of the things that the positioning for super brand is um, agencies are too expensive. Designers don't understand strategy, and what that's about is agencies do really well at doing branding and strategy. 
Only problem is they're really expensive. And unless you're one of their bigger clients, you're only going to get this junior level executive working who's down the hierarchy. So you're going to talk to the creative director, but then there's like five, there's an account manager and a junior exec and junior designer. And, you know, you're working with, you're not working with their best people and you're not getting the best work and you're paying a lot of money for it. And designers, they don't understand agency quality brand strategies. So they deliver beautiful designs, but they often work by themselves. And they're just showing you pretty colors that isn't necessarily indicative of your positioning and your strategy and your communication strategy. So what Superbrand is about is bringing those two things together, cutting out you know, the bullshit that you have to deal with agencies, but adding a level of strategy to design that's like super high end and world class. And we're going to end on that because the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I wanted you to get this on audio and video, because as you were telling me this uh, a month ago for the first time or this newest iteration of it, I was just hearing the gold that was coming out and there's so much value in being able to feel your brand heartbeat. So you're going to have the website and the awesome copy right there. But I also wanted you to be able to say, oh, by the way, and you can chop up this episode however you want. Here's some little micro nuggets that are going to say agency and designers, dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> simplifying, being like all of this different stuff. Like the way that my mind works is there is probably... 10 pieces of micro content that you could chop up here and put on social or expand into blog posts and make it multi-content where it's like, here's the video, here's me going even deeper on this thing. But I believe the relationship that you have by saying this stuff, if it moved me, I know it'll move other people. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I remember that moment where we were talking and you're like, oh, we got to capture this. And so I hope, I hope we did it justice and captured everything. I think we did, we did pretty good. So I think yeah, we did as well. That, so you. where can everybody connect with you and Superbrand? Superbrand.la. That is it. S-U-P-E-R-B-R-A-N-D dot L-A. And uh, all the info's there. There's a hello at superbrand.la. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Instagram under Gil Naveau and Facebook. So I'm easy, easy to find. And I am someone who worked with Gil and I'm a testament to the power of working with him. It's an amazing experience, but more importantly, the end result was phenomenal because I wouldn't be bringing him on for the second or third time to talk about this stuff. And he is someone who gets it and is such a valuable asset to any brand. So highly recommend. And I would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on branding, whether it's your personal brand or the brand that you're working with? What are you struggling with? We would love to hear sort of your mindset of what's going on there. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth, and if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.